What's up, guys? It's David Hess from the Rising Above podcast. Have you ever thought or dreamed about starting a podcast? Well, look no further. Anchor has all the tools necessary to record a podcast from your computer or phone. You heard that right. They make it so simple. When you host your podcast on Anchor, they will distribute your podcast on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Honestly, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place, which is why I host on Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today to get started. We are brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something in your life keeping you from rising above and achieving your goals? Well, look no further. BetterHelp is there to assess your needs and to match you with your own professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's professional counseling done securely online. And you can start communicating as little as 48 hours from now. You can log into your account anytime to send your counselor a message. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't ever have to wait in an uncomfortable waiting room again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, and if it isn't right for you, then they make it easy. You just switch, and the best part, it's free. BetterHelp also has a broad range of expertise with over 15,000 counselors and networks, which may not be locally available in your area. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. This service is available worldwide, so what are you waiting for? BetterHelp is offering a special offer for the Rising Above listeners. You will get 10% off your first month when you go to betterhelp.com slash risingabove. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash rising above. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash rising above. Join the 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. And with the help of an experienced professional, BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Welcome to the Rising Above podcast. My name is David Hess, and today I have a good friend with my, a friend of mine with me. Um, he's also a coworker. He his name is Chance Harrington, and uh, I guess without further ado, could you introduce yourself, Chance? Uh, yeah, I'm Chance. I'm uh, was born and raised in uh, Okemos, Michigan. Um, I have two kids and live in Ithaca now, in Ithaca, Michigan, and work at GM, like you said. And, uh, um, that's pretty much. The gist of it so cool so you have always kind of been pretty open about um your your past yep. and uh the kind of the struggles you've gone through and um you definitely aren't shy about mm-hmm. talking about any of it um so kind of going back to the past a little bit do you mind telling me um you know some of your first memories of what what life was like and kind of um leading up into your adulthood what what um led into you having to uh search recovery um so like i said i was born in in lansing um or Oakmas, lansing area um and my mom was a crack addict for most of most of my childhood i was born addicted to cocaine um <coughs> so i started life off kind of rough um, I did have taken away from my mom at six months old. There were diapers in the house everywhere. My diaper hadn't been changed for three days. Um, it was just, it was a mess. Uh, so I went to live with my grandmother at six months old. Um, 
And then just from there, the abuse continued. Um, both my grandmother and my mom abused me, um, and they abused me bad. Um, what, what kind of abuse are we talking about? My grandma sexually abused me um, from the age of five to ten, and then my mom physically abused me since I was born. Uh, so it was just how I didn't end up with shaken baby syndrome or anything like that, I have no idea. Um, but it was rough, and, and my grandpa was the only person that, that didn't abuse me, but he also knew about it and didn't do anything about it. Um, so that's kind of annoying. Um, so when I was ten, <coughs> a lot of the abuse I don't remember. Um, I mean, I remember uh, a lot of the sexual abuse later, like seven, eight, nine. Do you think it was due to... Um like traumatic just it being a traumatic experience that you just kind of forgot about it uh, uh that was part of it yeah uh trying to shut it out um and not remember and i put my grandma on such a high pedestal um that she cared about me and loved me that uh, pushed a lot of that stuff away and it wasn't until later in life when i figured out oh that's that's not good and that's um, something she shouldn't be doing yeah, that's, that's not something that's normal um but when i was 10 she passed away uh and i ended up having to go back to my mom um, and that's where a lot of the insane abuse uh, really started. Um, I've had a gun put to my head. I've had um, knives put to my body and stabbed a couple times. Um, you know, my mom just, and she said she doesn't remember any of this stuff, which is whatever. I, it is what it is. But you know, I remember it, and it's it's weird to have her say that and not. Now I'm kind of caught in what, is it real or you know? But through all my recovery, I've learned that I got to trust in my gut. And, and it's it's real and and um, you know it's it's a lot to process, but it's getting there. We're getting to the, that point. But my mom put me through a ton, and it was just mostly me. I have a sister, a 31-year-old sister as well, and she didn't go through half the stuff I went through. And uh, yet she's more messed up than I am. So I don't know how that worked. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was. Uh, and then at 12, I went to foster care, and my mom still abused me after that. Um, uh, mentally, um, verbally, and physically, she still abused me. Um, a lot of um, a lot of my issues are from that. You know, going back to her house and thinking, okay, things are going to be okay, and then you know, it's just it was abuse and verbal abuse. And even I'm 30, I don't even know how old I am anymore. I'm 32 <laughs> now, I think, and she still verbally abuses me. For still, she still does it, and it, it's just it's hard to get away from. Um, so it's tough uh so is that a, t a type of relationship you just kind of feel like you you have to stay in or uh i don't mean to like put your mom on blast or anything it, um she's really good with my kids and my wife kind of deals with her um as far as the kids are concerned uh, but my son you know is we've kind of raised him to be like if, if grandma does something to you you let us know um and so far, he hasn't said anything. He, they have a blast with my mom, and, and she's really good grandma, and it, it's, uh, it's, that's why we keep in contact with her. But if I had my choice, uh, I wouldn't talk to her ever again. But um, I, I gave her the opportunity to have a relationship with my kids, and she took it and has done really well with it. And, and, and so I give her credit for that. Um, it's just I don't know why she couldn't do that when I was a kid. That's one of the frustrating parts of watching her you know, take care of my kids and, and be a really good grandma and it's like, mm, couldn't do that 20 years ago. <laughs> well, I mean, some of that's kind of true in my life too. Like with my, my, I mean, you know, my situation, yeah. I've talked about it on the podcast as well. Um, same with me, my, you know, my family, they growing up, they kind of, 
didn't treat me too well. And then um, as an adult, it seems like they, they've gotten older and got more lenient mm -hmm. and on how they like think about things and the way they treat like their grandkids and yeah, same, same yeah. thing too. Um, so I don't know what it is. I don't know if it has something to do with getting older right. and maybe they decided that, or they, they realized rather that they messed up right? and they want to, you know, be better and kind of start over with, with their grandkids. Yeah. I think some of it too has to do with, at least in my mom's perspective is she got sober. Um, and she kind of, I think she still struggles with, uh, her sobriety a little bit, but, um, and that kind of opened her eyes of, Hey, you know, I can do this better now. I'm going to take a chance. I lost my kids twice. How you do that? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to make this a little bit different, but then she still abuses me and doesn't want to have a relationship with me. And I, it, it's just, it, I don't know. I don't know. It's just something that she doesn't like about me or I don't know what happened, but how, how would, how does she abuse you now? Uh, mostly verbally. She, um, anytime my wife and I plan a vacation, she's always trying to downgrade it. Like, um, she's always very negative. Um, she hates that I'm successful. Um, it's just, it's, it's verb mostly verbal abuse now. I haven't, well, she physically abused me a couple of years ago, but that was, that was fun. <laughs> um, nothing like controlling a 50 year old woman trying to beat your butt, but <laughs> I mean, it, it was, it was interesting. It was an interesting day, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it still happens to this day. And I think those are days and she's struggling with her sobriety and she's struggling to, um, she's 50 years old and she's going to be homeless. I mean, that's gotta be something that that's gotta be pretty tough. Um, imagine going that through that your whole life. Uh, it can't be easy. Um, but she still takes it out on me and it's just one of those things of like, am I like, your perpetual punching bag like i'm glad you feel better after that but <laughs> i get more confused right so yeah it's it's interesting it kind of sounds like um she's she's kind of like you said she her life has kind of been this a mess i, I guess yeah. essentially her whole life and it's sad it's sad to see because you know obviously it affects the ones that she should love and right. the ones that should love her um so that's that's sad but i mean at least she does love your grand your her grandchildren yeah. your children um so you kind of real you've you've kind of always realized that you've had issues yeah um i don't know if mentally or like emotionally um you've always <laughs> since i've known you you've you've checked yourself into rehab mm -hmm. um a few different times what are those moments like when you decide that you need to do something you need to you need to change you need to figure out something what is what's going on in your head so a lot of times it has to do with <clears throat> um issues i have at work either work or home um i've gotten into a few violent outbursts um which i don't really remember um and that's when i'm kind of like okay i need to go figure something out and, and try to get and I've been going in and out of rehab for 20 years and nobody's been able to tell me, hey, you have this, hey, you have that, you're struggling with this. They're just like, here's some pills, go anyway. Um, so I've always struggled with that because I know something's wrong and nobody will tell me what. Um, and then this last episode I had, uh, April, I think, uh, early April, end of March, um, I ended up in Arizona um, at a rehab center and they actually diagnosed me with PTSD and gave me pills and said, this is what, um, new therapies called EMDR, 
Um, and we went through and, and really what worked. It, what is that? You want to explain? I'm that? not sure what it stands for, but what it is is like um, it's electro, um, like electromagnetic therapy kind of. They're shocking you. Not like not <laughs> that far, but like you have vibrations in your hand, you have vibrations in your ear. Okay. And you follow this light bar, and it what it's supposed to do is to train your brain to think both left and right brain. Um, so you're when you're abused, you think on the right side of your brain. You don't really think on the left because you're in fight, fight or flight mode all the time. So it's training your brain to think on both sides, to be able to process things a little bit better. Um, so that's a therapy I started to do, and it brought out. So it connects. You said you follow the light bar. Yep. And you told me this um, little a little while ago. So you have a vibration in your right, yep. right hand, a vibration in your left hand, yeah. and you follow a light bar back and forth. And by following that light bar and feeling this here and feeling this mm -hmm. here, it connects connects both sides of the brain. Yes. Yep, and it helps your brain process trauma or even come up with trauma that you didn't remember um, and be able to process it in a different way. Wow. Um, and it's really powerful uh, kind of therapy. Um, How I, did you feel afterwards? I cried. I felt physical pain um, when we went to wow. the sexual abuse part. Um, it was intense. Um, but it, it felt better because you released all that stuff and it was in a safe place. Um, and the therapist brought my grandma and sat her in the chair and said, what would you say if she was sitting right here right now as we're doing this process? And I, I bawled my eyes out uh, because it's just one of those things I've always regretted not being able to tell her, um, hey, I know what you did um, and you know I, I hate you for it. And to be able to have that time to be able to, to say that to her during this process was, it was intense. It was very intense. but. Uh, the place I went to in Arizona was amazing. The, they focused just on you um, and and how you can process your life um, going forward. And I haven't had many issues since I've been home. It's only been a couple months, but it's been it's been much better um, now that I have a diagnosis and and I can deal with that and and process you know how that works. So, kind of going back to the other the other times you checked yourself into like rehab. Um, what were those times like? I mean, because you would go in and then you'd be out for a few months and then, you know, a couple months later have to check yourself back in. Were they not doing the same type of thing? Were they just kind of giving you medication, like you said, and then just sending <laughs> you on your way? They weren't, or maybe send you to therapy? Um, yeah, so my experience in Michigan with mental health hospitals especially is you are a number. You are a patient that they want to push out as fast as possible. You... Um, I went to Grand Rapids uh, Hospital there, and they, you see the doctor for five minutes, he tells you something, and then he sends you off with the medicine, and they don't really check if it works, um, and it's just, it's, it's, it's frustrating, because you're trying to figure out your, your life, and it just seems like there's so many people, they don't really care, um, and that's just been my experience. They'll ship you to a therapist, and then the therapist really doesn't care, at least the ones I've had. Um, and I've been doing therapy for since I was 10, so wow. a long time. Um, and that's just been my experience. And I go to Arizona, and it was just completely different. It was completely one-on-one. Um, -on -one. Even though they had a lot of people there, you had your own team of people working with you to make sure you, you got everything done. But, um, you know, it was, it was frustrating to have to keep checking myself into Michigan in Michigan and not get the help I need at home. Um, <clears throat> to have to travel that far to get the help you need is is kind of worrisome uh, other people that are struggling with the same thing maybe not having the same opportunities to go 
you know, somewhere else that will really help you. Well, I imagine it probably costs a lot of money yeah. to be able to go do something like that. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like you said, I mean, mental, there's so many people in the mental health system mm-hmm. with mental disorders and, um, there's just so many lack of resources right. for these, for these people. Um, so going into these home or these mental hospitals or, um, rehab, for one, how how many times do you think you've had to go into? Oh man, at least fifteen. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Yep. Since I was ten years old, I've been to jail thirty sometimes, and I've been to mental hospitals at least fifteen, maybe more than that. Now, would you say that going to jail would be a re- like a like an outcome of your mental illness? A lot of it, yes. Um, a lot of my mental my outbursts um, I don't remember uh, so waking up and, and hearing what I've done is kind of weird like you're like oh shit like, oh man That's, this is gonna suck I did what yeah and I'm, I've had that conversation with my wife I don't know how many times I've, I'll call her and be like why am I here she'd be like oh you did this 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 and this I'm like oh. she says it like that oh you did this yeah. this and yeah, this it's not, yeah like she's 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 a it's nothing new to her like it's it's gonna happen and and you know i feel bad about that and, and luckily we haven't had an incident in like three years and that's part of me trying to i think part of it's growing up and part of it's you know trying to go get the help that i need and um it's been nice to not have to go to jail for three years <laughs> i'm sure um but at the same time you know i i wish i would have learned that a long time ago right and not had to put her through what i put her through and um it's really affected our marriage it's affected our relationship um you know she's my best friend i've known her for 15 years been with her for 15 years and you know it's it's struggle it's a struggle to get that trust back and to get the 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 pieces back in place and and luckily she stuck by my side and 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 helped me through a lot um and she didn't have to i was this foster kid you know 16 17 year old foster kid and she's like mm, i'll give you a chance <laughs> and she stuck with me for a long time so you know, i appreciate everything she's done she's she's been my rock and the only reason that I'm here, that I'm sitting right here right now and and not in prison or dead or whatever else would have happened. So um, I'm, I'm glad she, she stuck around. That's incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you said that your wife was obviously has been supportive of you mm-hmm. um, and has been for the entire time you've been together. You guys have been together for a long time. Yeah. Since high school, right? Yep. Uh, what about your kids? How do they feel about this when they see, you know, I mean, this is kind of, I'm sure, a little touchy, but, you know, like, they see their dad go to jail, and they, they see their dad struggling from this mental illness. What is their, what is the reaction to this? Um, my son is kind of used to it, um, which is kind of, which kind of sucks. My son's seen me in jail. My son's seen me in mental hospitals. Um, so when dad leaves um, for a good portion of time, he kind of figures that's where I'm at, um, and he's okay with it. Uh, he acts out a little bit at home, um, as most nine-year-old boys that are struggling mm-hmm. with that do, but... My daughter, I don't think my daughter even notices. Um, I, I really don't. I, I think she struggles with it a little bit because, you know, she's a daddy's girl and dad's not home. Um, but other than that, she doesn't really seem too bothered by it. Um, but she's at that age. She's four, so she's at that age where she's just like, mm, whatever. <laughs> um, goes about her day. As long as she has her dolls and her toys, she's fine. But my son, my son will probably need some therapy someday. Um, he's been through some things himself, and, um, you know, I, he struggles. He struggles with it a little bit, but, um, like I said, it's been three years since, well, 
I went to the mental hospital and we told him about that beforehand so he was pretty much all set to go so well I imagine that him seeing you taking an, a proactive step into wanting to change your life and realizing you realizing not somebody telling you that there is an issue that you need to fix it will probably reflect positively back on him right. when he's older yeah I'm, I'm hoping that's what he gets from it that you can ask for, it's okay to ask for help you don't need to um, be forced to do it. It's okay to ask, and it's okay to struggle and, and tell somebody that you're struggling. Um, and I hope that's something that he learns. Um, you know, he struggles with schoolwork and stuff like that, and, and I'm trying to teach him that it's okay to ask for help, um, but not to, um, I forgot what I was gonna say there. Um, it's okay to ask for help and not, and not be ashamed about it. Right. Um, and hopefully he can learn that and see dad do it. Like, I'm not, af I'm not afraid to tell my story. I'm not afraid to ask for help. I'm not afraid to be like, Hey, this isn't working. Um, and to go do it again. I mean, wouldn't be the first time. Right. So, well, like I had said, um, you, ever since I've known you, you've openly talked about it and it's kind of crazy too, because we'd just be working on the line and you would be like, yeah, this, this and this and this happened. I'm just like, how are you talking about that without like crying right now <laughs> and that's that's how i deal with it i deal with it with humor um and a lot of times that's how i process something um i'll talk about it and then joke about I'll it get in the car and i'll be like what the heck was i why <laughs> but then I'll, I'll, I'll feel better about it because i talked about it i got it out i made a joke about it and then i'm like i'm processing it even later in the car on the drive home and I, i'm like man i should said that out loud <laughs> but you know it's just how that's how i process that's always how i process things through humor through through being funny and, and i'm so happy i have my sense of humor because without it it would i don't know what i would do yeah um i love making people laugh i love you know being goofy and, and, and silly and that's just how i process you know a lot of hard times but you should try being a comedian yeah i thought about that except <laughs> for i can't write with a darn <laughs> i'd be better at just like picking on people and, and that that kind of like we do at work right know, right that kind of comedy i love that stuff so <laughs> that's hard to come by but yeah yeah ever since i've known you you've always kind of had a, a positive attitude and you've always kind of said things jokingly even about your own story and i'm just like again i'm like how is he just talking about it like because i don't talk about my story that way right. like i the way I handle things, I, I make jokes about it too. Like I'll I'll joke about things and kind of like look at things from a like a like a comedic I guess perspective. Right. I'm just like wow, okay, I guess that's what we're doing. <laughs> um, but you you just kind of make fun of yourself. You've mm -hmm. always made fun of yourself. Yeah. yeah, it's hard for people to make fun of you when you make fun of yourself. That's uh, true. And uh, I really don't care. Like I if somebody makes fun of me, I'll make a joke right with them like yeah I'm, I'm just gonna take your thunder right from you <laughs> and i'm really good at that and that's that's i think that's why you know the ones that don't like me kind of stay away and then the people that do like me they you know become really close and and we have a good time and there's a lot more people that like me than don't like me mm -hmm. you, I, I, i've always been the person that you can't be afraid to be yourself because if you're not going to be yourself then what's the point yeah you can't make the people who don't like you happy so right yeah exactly you might as well just continue living life yep. screw those people yeah exactly they're not supposed to be part of your life anyway i mean yep. people come and go you know you make friends you lose friends but you know the ones yep. that really like you will stick around and and, and support you and do things and, and as long as you help them they help you it's a good relationship people that don't like you screw move them. on screw them time to go yep, <laughs> yep. um so you want you might tell me a little bit more about this facility that you went to in Arizona. It was in yeah. Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Tucson, Arizona. Tucson. Okay. Yeah, and you went a couple months ago. You said. Yeah. Yep. 
When did you go? I believe I went March 5th. It was called Sierra Tucson. Um, it's in Tucson, Arizona, right in the Catalina Mountains. Um, and it is a fantastic facility that just focuses one-on-one with you, you have a, a care team, uh, so you have a psychiatrist, a primary therapist, and then you have nurses and stuff that will focus on what you need. And there's people behind the scenes that will also work on like your past and things like that. And then they okay. put you in these programs, you have tracks. So you have addiction, um, mood, um, trauma, and then there's a couple other ones. Um, and you focus on classes that are based on that. Um, um, so like based on what what applies to you yeah right so if you have an addiction you go to the addiction track you do um uh, aa or na or whatever the program fits you the best and then that's kind of the track you work on um and i was in the trauma track um so um you know a lot of uh, mental health things things you can do to kind of ground yourself and put yourself back back in your space um uh things like that and then uh, i had emdr uh, therapy and then somatic experiencing, which is basically just talking about it and putting you in a in a spot where you know you feel comfortable um, processing that information. You talk about it openly uh, with yep. the other people there, uh, with or a therapist. with a therapist. Yep. Okay. Um, and then she kind of will direct you in a uh, different ways to ways to think about it, ways to process it. I didn't really care for that one as much. Um, I don't think it worked for me, um, but for other people it might work um, pretty well. EMDR worked the best for me um and that's the nice thing about them they have different modalities where you can figure out what you like Mm -hmm. um you can figure out what works for you um and if you don't like it you go to these um schedulers and they'll change it and they'll put you in different things that you might like and it's it's just it's a great place it's a little frustrating at first because you're kind of it's a campus type setting so you're kind of on your own um but once you figure out how it works and, and how everything goes man it's it's a great place to be how many people were there there was probably 150, maybe, maybe a little bit less than that. Wow. Um, so it was really a, um, a nice, tight-knit group. Um, uh, you made friends pretty easily. Was this 150 in the trauma unit? Or? No, this was all together. Oh, this okay. This in the whole um, area. And it might be less than that. It might be 100. Um, but there were three dorms that you stayed in. And then... Um, yeah, you made f- you just go around the campus, you know, till a certain time, and then you had you had to go to bed or whatever. But it was it was a great experience. Right in the Catalina Mountains, it was, it was beautiful out there. You had a track you could go walk around. Oh wow! Uh, swimming pool you could go swim in. Um, activity center you could go uh, climb rock wall. Um, so it's not like a traditional kind of rehab place where you're checking in and it feels like you're in a hospital sitting. Right. Yeah. You're you're checking in and then you're you're going to these courses yep. or uh, therapy, yep. and then you get kind of some free t- free time to yep. just do activities and yep. it's kind of like a resort. A little bit, yeah. Um, and and your recovery is up to you. Um, you don't have to go to your classes. Um, that's up to you. Um, but the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. Um, I would hear people say all the time that this place isn't working. You know, I'm not getting what I need out of here. But then you'd never see them in class. Or you'd see them walk out of a class 10 minutes later. <laughs> well, of course it's not working. You're not doing what you're supposed to. Right, you're not putting the work in. Exactly. You go to the classes, you do what you're supposed to do, you listen to the material, and you know you work the process and it works. I, I mean, at least for most people it works. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they wouldn't be the number one place in Arizona or you know pretty close to in the country if they didn't, wow. if it didn't work. Um, and you work with your, your, your 
uh, psychiatrist or therapist, um, and you have a group of people that have been through a lot of the same things um, called your primary group, and these are five, six, seven people that listen to your story, listen to you uh, three or four times a week, wow. and you become really good friends with these people. And I still have a relationship with three of the people that I had my process group with. Oh, cool. Um, and it's nice to be able to say, hey, this is I'm struggling with this right now, and then they support you and, and, and really help you through that, that partic- particular situation. So it's nice to have those contacts, and they're from all around the country. Um, one of my friends is from New York, wow. uh, the other is from California, and then another guy works here at Flint Truck and Bus. Um, oh, really? Well, it's kind of nice to have wow. that, you know, uh, same support. job and stuff like that, you know. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and the support from other people to help you through an issue. Like, I right. don't have to text my wife and be like, hey, I'm really struggling. She'd be like, oh, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Right. I mean, if, I if it's not something she has dealt with then it uh, with herself personally, right. then it it's kind of difficult to... Mm-hmm help somebody else through it right or to understand even yeah. and that's why it's nice to have you know those friends that have been through some of the same things you can text them and be like hey i'm really struggling and they're like oh well what can we do what can we do to help listen to you or help you kind of process that situation and it's nice to have that it's nice to to have something besides you know just having to go to my family who don't really understand um the the stuff that i went through so um that was that was probably the best part of coming home oh and then another thing too when you come home they have a year where you have somebody from Sierra Tucson call you and check up on you, make sure everything's going okay. And then they have a person that will help you. If you need a therapist, if you need a psychiatrist, if you need meds, if you need anything like that, you can call them and they'll set it up for you. And that's a lifetime, I believe, um, you get that service. Um, And they're called care planners. And they they work on a certain area and they will help you get whatever you need. Um, So my lady will set me up with EMBR, uh, therapy, psychiatry, whatever I need um, to help me get through, you know, tough times or whatever I need, or my meds or whatever. Um, and it's just a really nice tool to have. Um, uh, so they really support you after, uh, after you come home too. So um, it's it's just it's 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 something that you need. It, it's a great place to go, um, and it's it's uh, it, it follows you afterwards too, and they they take care of you. So it's nice. What is this place called again? It's called Sierra Tucson. Sierra Tucson. Yep. Okay. And so if one wants to go, uh, if one wants to get involved or uh, get help and they want to check out this place, do they have to be referred by like a doctor? What's the... Um, I'm not... Real, I was referred by EAP rep. Okay. Um, From work. work. Yep. And they're, they're the ones that took care of everything. Okay. Um, as far as... Uh, as far as I think they have a number you can call and they'll help they'll help start the process on their website um, and then I think that's just pretty much how it starts with somebody getting an interview from you getting your insurance all that stuff from and they go from there okay um, but uh, I think that's how they would start it but everything was taken care of for by the EAP rep um, and then the care the care planner uh, through Sierra Tucson so um, it's pretty easy for me um, but so you went in March 5th, you said, right? Yep. And you were there for a month? Yep. So a little over a month. Yeah. Okay. And then you obviously had a good time while you were there because um, it wasn't, again, a hospital city. Right. And then you come home. Uh, what does that look like for you? Um, home has been a bit of a struggle. Um, I'm trying to balance um, work and um, 
everything like that again and try to get things back into motion and I'm, I've been kind of struggling with uh, dissociation and, and um, I feel like the meds are working but then I don't take them sometimes and it screws up the whole thing so it's just getting used to taking meds and getting used to getting back in the process and I'm finally back on day shift now so that should help a little bit hopefully. yeah second shift is not good uh, for your mental health no, uh, I will tell you I'll be the first to say that yeah. Yeah, when you're getting up, when you're getting home at 3.30, then getting back up at 7 to take your kids to school, and your daughter's up at 8, and you're like, oh, my God, this is never going to end. Yeah. And then you have mental health on top of it. Um, it's just, it, it was wrecking everything. I'm going to quickly state what the hours for that were. It was 5 o'clock at night mm-hmm. till 2.30 in the morning, right? Yep. And then you have to, if you have kids, mm-hmm. you have to hurry home, get to bed, and then, like you said, wake up, take them to school, do whatever yep. you got to do as a dad, and then maybe take a nap if you're lucky right and then get back up and go to work again yep. it's a real miserable shift to be on that's i a, i was nightmare. on that for a little bit and my mental health took a, a plummet i had a bad attitude every day i was constantly tired yeah. dude I, I i was so just mentally exhausted and just overwhelmed yeah it's a it's it's a nightmare um you know and, and people don't understand that that's why you're cranky you know, they, yeah. and you don't see your family, but what, one day a week, yeah. you know, if you're lucky. Oh, and that's another thing. We work nine hours yeah. every single day and most Saturdays it's, and you have one day off to yeah. spend with your kids. Yeah. And, and then, then if you're on second, you sleep most of the yeah, day. Right. Cause you're tired and yeah. you know, you're drained and, and then your kids want to, you know, they're not, they're, right. they, they want to play. They yeah, want to play with dad. They haven't yeah. seen them all week. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's, it's not fun. No. Um, so day shift is much better. Uh, you get, I get home at five, um, you know, everybody's outside ready to play and it's nice out now so yeah um, it's, it's nice. been it's been a nice week to be able to kind of get back into the normal um swing of things and you know i was on day shift for three years and then i decided i was going to go be a team leader on second why i did that i have no idea so would you say that even though you were on day shift because uh, again being working an assembly line job mm-hmm. In, in a high, I wouldn't say it's super high stress, but it is kind of high stress right. with as many hours as we work and we're always tired. So you're just constantly stressed out and, um, and then you have families on top of it, which also doesn't help to the stress level right. and whatever. Um, would you say that at the time when you were on Dacia three years ago, or for those three years that your mental health was worse or better than when you just came back to Dacia? Um, it was better. better. I was able to, um, you know, I would still pick fights with my wife and get into that kind of mood um, during the day. As soon as I got home, I was fine. Um, and I was able to process it, which tells you how high stress GM can be. <laughs> um, you know, but yeah, it was a lot better. We we didn't fight near as often. And even on second shift, we didn't fight near as often. It was just, you know, that one day we'd be like, you only get that one day to de-stress. So, mm-hmm. you know, mo- Monday through Saturday, I'm like, always mad my wife would write me and be like mm, you know, <laughs> mad at her for no reason and uh yeah, it was it was tanking my mental health and being so tired and then sunday they'd be like oh well, let's go do this be like, oh really like no i'm good so <laughs> i would miss out on family events or whatever um and that's really kind of what led me to well my wife left me and that's really what led me to go to arizona i left work without permission uh but i scanned my badge like a moron and so when I get back, Bill, Bill Brennan's staying at the desk and everybody else staying at the desk. And I'm like, oh, crap, what did I do? <laughs> and I'm like, they're like, either 30 days out with no pay or you can go to this place. Um, and they're, oh, well, they didn't tell me it was Arizona. They said you can go to a mental hospital. I'm like, all right. 
so I got a call the next day from this lady. She's like, oh, you're going to go to Sierra Tucson. I'm like, wait, Tucson, Arizona? She's like, yeah, you're going to be on a plane tomorrow. I'm like, wow. Oh, that's fast. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, yes. So you literally got to the point where GM was fed up with you and they're like, mm-hmm. dude, you're going to get help or you're fired. <laughs> yeah. And at, at least they had the, the wherewithal to say, Hey, you need help. Right. Um, they know, didn't just fire yeah, you. They don't, they didn't fire me on the spot and say, yeah. you left without permission. That's a fireable offense. Get out. They know I had mental health issues and they took the opportunity to say, Hey, what can we do to help you get better? Um, mm-hmm. Here's your option. Be smart about this option because you're going to have 30 days out with no pay. We can fire you or you can go to this place and get help. And I really appreciated that. I appreciated the uh, the, so the thought process. You said you appreciated it. Um, at that point, though, were you were you wanting to? Were you like, because, I mean, you left work yeah. cause you're, because of your wife. Yeah. So were you in the right mindset to where you're like, yeah, I need to get help? Or Absolutely not. No, you didn't want to. I, it's not that I didn't want to. I had a long talk with the AP rep. Um, before that and it went through suicidal ideations it went through screw this place I want to leave um, he really sat down and, and you know calmed me down and got me to think straight and say hey get out of this state of mind let's figure this out let's get you some help and he sat with me for uh, probably an hour hour and a half trying to calm me down and went through every single stage of probably PTSD you've ever seen so the you know the suicide I'm gonna I'm done I, I can't do this anymore I want to leave GM uh, the shop's too much um, all every every emotion I, I had going on and and he sat there with me and calmly talked me out of it and all right let's get this place done and then the next morning I shut my phone off you know because I down through that mode again. when I got home there's nobody there everything's gone it's mm-hmm. just like crap this is actually happening kind of put you back in that yeah, spot. put me back in that spot so i shut my phone off um only to be woken up by the Gratiot county sheriff uh which the ap rep had called because i wasn't answering my phone oh wow so i opened the door and he goes you might want to turn on your phone and talk to these people because they're calling our office nonstop <laughs> and they want to know where the heck you are so i turn on my phone 15 missed calls whatever so i i called the ap rep back and he goes you need to talk to this woman i'm not kidding on the phone so i call her <laughs> she's a, going to arizona tomorrow i'm like oh boy well it's gonna be interesting um so we got all that situated and then off i went and i'm surprised at myself that i went because uh, i had to drive all the way to detroit so my mental health had to be in a certain spot where i could drive to detroit get on the plane and i'm afraid of heights by the way so that was another struggle because I had to get on an airplane by you'd myself. Never, you'd never been on a plane. I had been on a plane, but my wife usually goes with me, and she doesn't book me on a window seat. Oh, she knows better. <laughs> um, so I was kind of worried I was going to get a, a window seat. And the first plane ride, no, I was stuck in the middle of two guys that kept talking to each other. And then on the way to from Denver to Arizona, I had to sit in a window seat. And I'm like, oh, my God, this, this, I'm not going to make it. Um, so it was it was a bit of a struggle, but I got there and um, I it was uh, when you pull into the driveway, it says expect a miracle, and I didn't believe that. I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, that's just a sign to get you excited and, and get you pumped up. Mm-hmm. And then when you leave, it says you are a miracle, and you I really felt like it was a miracle to go there to come out, and it's a process. I'm still working on it. I'm not quite there yet you're not perfect not perfect right. no not even close probably never will be nope but i don't have as many issues mentally as i did before that i'm able to process it a little bit better and um 
and I, I think within time, you know, getting used to the meds, getting into therapy and getting, you know, a group of people around me that support, uh, you. support me and I know I can go to, um, that will really help right. uh, sooner or later. But, you know, it's just I'm a procrastinator and I take my time doing things. So. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's pretty, pretty well known that going to a place like this isn't going to change you. Right. It's not the place that changes you. It's not it's not even those people that change you. It's what they teach you. Right. It's the tools that they give you to be able to handle the high stress situations, to be able to make it through the daily stress, stress that you have to encounter every single day. Right. So you had said that, um, you're kind of struggling now with, with getting back into work and you just got back on day shift. So hopefully things kind of work itself back out a little bit. What does, the future look like for you are you in therapy now um are you still doing that e- edmdr edmr emdr emdr yep. emdr are you still doing that uh, i haven't done that since i've been home uh just because of being on second shift um, okay it's kind of hard to you know put that in there too so being on day shift would definitely help get me into emdr therapy um and psychiatrist uh and get all that stuff started um and part of the reason i went back to chassis one where you know, I came from is the people around there that will help me support, help support me. And and like, you know, you and Todd and all those people around there that have really pushed me to become a better person. That's, that's what I needed to go back to. And and that's why I'm happy I'm back where I'm supposed to be. Um, so that'll help, um, get into therapies and stuff like that. Cause I know Todd will push me to do that. Um, <laughs> Todd's like your dad. <laughs> he, is, he is. And it's so funny because people shout will out be to like, Todd Forbes. Yeah, it's so funny because people will be like, uh, like don't make fun of me like oh your dad this your dad that <laughs> how's that funny like he really has turned out to be like a father figure to me and I, I really appreciate everything he's done um, to kind of push me to be a better person and, and and you know I've disappointed him a few times you know talking smack to group leaders or whatever but <laughs> I, it, you know he if it Chan- wasn't let's just say Chance is a troublemaker <laughs> he's <laughs> He's had his fair share of being thrown out, mm. cussing group leaders out. <laughs> yeah, it's been a ride. I don't think group leaders like me too much, but I mean, he's uh, he's been that person that's really saved my saved my butt in GM and in other um, areas. And you know, he's the best team leader I've ever had. And you know, there's there's no there's no question about that. I mean, you've had him as a team leader. Yeah, he's a good TL. He is a good TL, and, and he's more than he's more than a TL. He, he tries to become your friend and, and tries to. You know, he really cares about you um, mm-hmm. than the people that he works he works and that's why they all come back right you go back to that team and still the same people that were there three years ago yep they all come back they leave for a couple months and come right back yep little side note i'm putting in for that team yeah, I, kinda, <laughs> I heard that the other day i'm like oh, i'm not surprised <laughs> yeah no it's the same kind of thing i mean like you had said you you kind of are who you surround yourself with right. and the people that you surround yourself with will either help you or they'll diminish you. Right. And if they're not helping you in a positive way, you need to be able to get away from them. Yep. So, um, being around, you know, people like that who can help you, especially as like, as you're in the building block period right. process, you know, um, is real important, you know, for you. Um, I had a question. I don't remember what it was now. <laughs> That happened. Um, Okay, so you're in therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, You're on medication. And uh, what's life look like now? Um, It's starting to look a little bit better. Um, I had an interesting week, but, you know, just trying to get back into... The swing um, of everything. The the swing of everything and trying to get things figured out. Um, 
I kind of went on my own for a little while uh, the last couple weeks, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted um, with my marriage and with um, just everything in that. And I don't know what I was, uh, what was happening with me mentally, but it was kind of nice to just figure out, okay, I do want to be around, you know, my family and, and, and do that process. And, and it was kind of nice to have that break, um, although it was you know, frustrating, but, you know, I did that for myself to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, so I came back from that and, you know, my wife and I are talking and trying to figure things out and to see where we go from here. And I think that'll be a big step once we figure that out and then you know, get back in the groove at, and work and, and, you know, doing all that. But the therapies and stuff like that will help, you know, and I want to get back into a group of people that understand, mm-hmm. um, and, and have that back. Uh, cause that's one thing I miss about Sierra Tucson is having that group of people that really understood what you're going through. A sense um, of community. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, and I know there's programs like that out here, um, that Sierra Tucson helps do, and then they have Zoom stuff they do too. So, okay, just to get into that, but you know, wow. not when you get home at two thirty in the morning, it's really hard for it is hard or three thirty in the morning. It's hard for <laughs> uh, you to find really anything because you're too tired to even want to do anything during the day. But right um, now that I get home at a decent time, you know, Arizona's three hours behind us. So by the time I get home, it's only two o'clock there. So, you know, I can, go, I can go through a lot of the stuff that they still do. So right. it'll be nice. It'll be a nice um, opportunity for me to, to reach back out and get in contact with the people that really helped me get this far. So do you kind of see yourself in therapy? How, what's what's your what's your goal? That's what I want to know. Oh, well, Are you planning on being in therapy for the rest of your life? Are you planning on just, I mean, obviously you can only take it day at a day, day by day. Right. Um, but what's your long-term goal for yourself? So therapy will be the rest of my life. Um, I'm not really sure I'm ever going to get to a place where I can not have therapy or not have meds or not have some sort of mental resource. Um, I honestly believe my mental health is going to get worse as I get older, and I think there's more going on than uh, PTSD, um, but that's for later times when I kind of figure out that that's what's happening. Um I did the best I could and the most I came up with PC, was PTSD. So um, I just figuring out how that works. Uh, but it's definitely going to be something that I'm going to do the rest of my life. And it's something that's going to have to take, you know, uh, me focusing on that and doing that every single day. And like you said, taking it day, day by day by day. Because mm-hmm. um, you just can't, you can't give it up. You can't, can't say to yourself one day, I feel better. I'm going to stop taking my meds and right. stop going don't to therapy. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Because then you're just going to fall right back down. Yep. And, and that's... You might be fine for that day, but right. then you wake up the next day and you're you're in a spot yep. mentally. And it, it gets... I believe, my personal opinion is, it gets worse. The more you do that, the worse it gets. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, oh, well, people will help me. And then you're like, all right, I don't need to take my meds today. and Because you think you have these resources. Well, you can burn those resources out too. Right. I mean, you can only ask for so much help before people are like, well, you're not going to do anything about it. Now, <sighs> is there any other forms of, I guess, therapy that you've tried out? Like as far as like, because I mean, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of research in like working out, mm-hmm. like working out helps with releasing these, these stresses and your hormones. Like it helps balance things out a little bit chemically in your brain. Right. I know for me, like if I get angry, working out helps me tremendously. Like if I do a really hard workout, I feel really good afterwards. Like I I feel like a nicer person. Um, 
have you ever tried tried that or are you ever interested in in doing something like that to kind of mitigate having to go to therapy all the time or even maybe possibly being able to get off medication later on in in life as you get stronger with mentally yeah, that's definitely something i've always wanted to do i was a three sport athlete in high school and um you know i used to have six pack abs and be buff <laughs> super buff and i loved it i love working out i love being able to spend that time in the the weight room and stuff like that and that's something i definitely want to get back to for me i have social anxiety so it's hard for me to be like i'm gonna go to the gym i'm i'm gonna hang out with i always find excuses not to do it because um, being around people kind of bothers me i don't like that like this right now i don't know how the heck i got here because i was <laughs> panicking the whole time like oh god okay <laughs> uh, you can do this um so that's something i struggle with but yeah i definitely want to start working out again and, and doing that um but for me it's it's being outside with my kids and, and playing basketball or mm-hmm. um you know whatever weird event we come up with um that that's kind of my release my stress release and um how i i deal with things and and it's so frustrating for them sometimes because like if i'm in a depression mode and i'm on the couch and i don't want to get up mm-hmm. and that for them is like what is going on like why are they you don't understand yeah, it why is, why is dad not playing right yeah and and that's i always try they sh- that's why they is so much better you're already up you're already out of the house you're already you get home they want to go outside and play you're already up Right. That's why it's so much easier to be able to go outside and be like, okay, let's go play. It's nat- more nat- It's more of a natural time of day. Right, yeah. Yeah, that definitely helps. So, you know, it definitely something I, I always find ways for that to release the stress, and, and that's why second shift was so hard because um, mm-hmm. I couldn't find ways to do that. Um, but, yeah, working out is definitely something I want to look into. And, you know, I've reached out to you about it before, and yeah, like I said, the social anxiety thing just bugs me. But, um, yeah, it's definitely something I'm interested in for sure. I think you should you should definitely look into it. Um, you could even like get equipment to bring home. Like all you need is dumbbells, right? A couple dumbbells, and you'll be able to do anything, right? Um, or even just like body weight stuff, like, or maybe even like running. Like I, it sucks to start running, right? But um, like I, I'm in the process of that right now. I'm I I did that. 50 mile run in January and then ever since then I've it's cured me of wanting to run <laughs> I would imagine uh, <laughs> so I just started running again and uh it, it's hard it's hard taking the you know one step two step I'm like I have to think about every single step I'm like right. oh next step next step but that might be something that you know would help you you know kind of reach your goals because um forcing yourself to have to accomplish something like it, it does something to yourself in in your brain where you know like like you know when you before you go you you don't want to you don't want to run you don't want to like if you have a three mile run planned or even a mile run plan you don't want to do it right. you're looking at your shoes and you're like I, I don't want to do this right. but as soon as you get out there get going you're half mile in you're a mile in it's like okay this is what we're doing right and then you're like okay I need to accomplish this and then once you accomplish it you get home you're like oh I feel great. Right. I'm sore. I'm tired. I'm sweaty. I earned it. I feel good. Well, it, you want to go work out right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a gym right there. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. I mean, I th- I definitely think it's something that you know you should you should look into. Um, you know, I think it it would it might be beneficial. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Um. Okay. So. I guess, uh, is there anything else you really want to talk about? Uh, I'll just say that, you know, if you're really struggling with mental health, reach out. 
to somebody. Don't don't hide it. You know, family like member, family members, uh, coworkers, somebody that you're comfortable with. Because if you sit there and you hide it and you don't tell somebody about it, it's going to get worse. And it's it's you know I think that's why um, you see suicide rates as high as they are is because people are afraid to reach out. And and there are there are resources in Michigan. I'm not saying that they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as my personal story, I haven't found the resources that I needed. I had to go out of state. But even family or friends can help you if you're in a particular situation that you need help out of. Um, and I think it's really... You just imp- might need somebody to talk to. Right, exactly. I think it's really important if you're really struggling with something, even if it seems trivial and small and stupid to your, to your brain, to somebody else, maybe it's not. Maybe they want to reach out and help you mm-hmm. um, and help you with that through that situation. I think it's super important to have uh, somebody to reach out to. And I mean, even if go to the police station and talk to a police officer or a fireman or somebody you know you feel comfortable around, why don't you reach out and, and tell somebody what you're struggling with? Because that, that, that's huge. You know, I joke around about my, my story and my issues and things that I've gone through. And sometimes I'm embarrassed about it because I'm like, well, I shouldn't have said that to somebody. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I feel better. I feel better saying it and, you know, being like, I messed up. And, he, and sometimes right. it turns out to be a conversation where I feel better about the situation. Like, okay. No, I think that's kind of <clears throat> how you and I started talking about, like, mm-hmm. our past. Is you jo- made a joke about something. I was yeah. like, what? You were in foster care? <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then we just kind of talked about it from there. Yep, I remember that day very clearly. Yeah. Because it kind of helped me process, you know, all right, I'm not the only one that's been through all this. And that and that's the problem with not talking about things to people is people often feel that they're alone. Right. And by reaching out to people, you'll learn that you're not the only person that's right, exactly. been through that. You're not the only person that's had to go into foster care, or the only person that's been sexually abused or physically abused. You know, so many people have experienced the same thing and yeah. by reaching out to other people, you know, it could help tremendously. Exactly. And that's the thing too, that you don't know somebody by the way they look or the way they act or the way you know you perceive them you know i could be completely normal to somebody and they not know what i went through um reaching out to people and talking about that you might come find best friends in in certain people that you would never even imagine Mm -hmm. um you know you and i have been friends for a long time and, and more than just you know our stories matching you know we were friends before that but you know it's 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 Reaching out is so important in mental health. You know, you can't just do it by yourself. It's, yep. it's impossible. Yep. And, uh, you know, we've lost a lot of people to suicide because they didn't reach out, because they didn't... They didn't seek the help. They didn't, And people thought they were completely normal, and they didn't see the signs. And I don't think that's people's fault, but... No, I mean, it, it's, a sta- it's a state of mind that you get into when you're in a in a situation like that you just shut down yeah you don't want you don't want to talk to anybody you you really don't care to seek help right i mean like you had said that when when gm you know where they're like you need to do something you need to go go get help mm-hmm. you didn't want to do that right but you did yeah because they forced you to do it mm-hmm. but if they gave you the option would you if they were like hey chance you can still have your job but you know we recommend that you go to this place in tucson arizona i think at the time if that would have been the question posed i would have you would have done gone. it eventually i don't think i would have done it that day um i would eventually have been like, there's w- a procrastination well, yeah there's <laughs> procrastination to that too but i would have been like you know, let me go home right now and think about it and then i think processing that situation like man arizona lauren's gone i won't have i what do I have to lose? You know, I probably would have gone back to GM and been like, okay, I'll do that. You know, I'll, 
I'll suck it up and, and do it for a little while. Because I was already thinking before that, like, they I have to do something. You know, I don't know what it is. And I was even telling myself, I have to do something major. I have to do something major in my life in order to get this stuff turned around. Or I'm going to lose everything. You know, I've been with my wife for 15 years. My son's nine. My daughter's four. Like, I don't want to lose all that. You know, mm-hmm. and the way I'm acting, the way that I'm portraying myself to her and to my kids, I'm going to lose all that. Um, and that was way before even this event happened. So I think, you know, if they would have posed that question to me, it wouldn't have been that day, um, but it would have been, you know, probably the next day or the day after that. And I would have gone to the AP rep and been like, all right, let's do it. Why not? Um, I got to save my marriage somehow. Um, and that would have been the driving force for me to do it. But Well, that's one thing that, again, I, I have to admit about you is you, you've always kind of that, made that proactive choice is like trying to you've always tried to make that proactive decision. Like, I, what do I need to do to change my situation or change my life? Even though you might end up back into the same position, you know, a couple months later, like mentally, or like if you're back into jail or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. like you take two steps forward, take two steps back, yeah. <laughs> take two steps forward, take two steps back. And then by you going to this place in Arizona, dude, I was telling Amanda, my wife that, um, when you went, I told her when you went, because I had seen you posted on Facebook, and I'm like, chances in, in rehab again. Um, I was like, I hope he, you know, whatever issue he has, he gets worked out. And then, and then like a month later, a little longer, I seen you at work, and dude, I could see a complete difference. I'm in your face, and like the way you would react. You've always kind of been like this lively person, but um, I've always, I've always, you know, there was always like this like negativity about you, I guess. I don't really know like how to say it, but like, like you'd be positive, but then you just kind of be negative about yourself. Yeah. You know, you'd always kind of put yourself down and you'd do it jokingly. Mm-hmm. But I noticed the difference after you came back and I'm like, he's, he's doing it. Like he, he whatever he did, it worked and right. he, it, it really worked out well for you. Yeah. I appreciate that. And, and I, that's part of the struggle too, is trying to keep that going. Um, like I said, I'm a procrastinator. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Part of that's keeping it going, and, and I've had a weird um, conversation with somebody on Facebook. I posted something on there, being negative. You know, I don't know why I do that. And she's <laughs> like, "You're a really negative person." And I'm like, "Wait a minute, am I? Am I?" And then I read the message back, and I'm like, "Oh, that's not good." I was like, "I gotta quit doing that." She goes, "I see posts. You post stuff all the time, comments on people's stuff that's just kind of mean." And I'm like. Huh. All right. <laughs> I got to fix it, I guess. So, you know, I haven't really been on Facebook much because, you know, I don't want to do that anymore. I kind of want to step away from that. If that's how I'm going to be on Facebook and be perceived by other people. Right. That's going backwards to me. But, right. You know, uh, yeah, I don't I don't want to do that anymore. But Well, I find social media to be like this negative source mm-hmm. of mental illness anyways. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, going on there, I get, like, a little sense of depression. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, wow, these people are literally... W- I mean, I, I don't know if you noticed, but I don't really share much on Facebook. Right. Like, I might make a post or two, but it's usually about, like, the podcast or, like, my kids or something like right. that. Never really share much. Um, maybe some motivation stuff here and there, because this world needs some positivity. Exactly. But um, I see these posts and people on Facebook all day, which I'll admit, I'm on Facebook a lot during the day. <laughs> because uh, I'm bored. <laughs> right. But it, uh, I'm like, man, these people are just sharing these things constantly. Mm-hmm. And like, like how, how sad, like how sad is that, that that's what these people's lives consist right. of. 
and typically it's you know it's negative things it's political things Mm -hmm. it's things to like that they're trying to like dalt like dive into to kind of drown themselves out from the things outside of you know outside of the you know social media yeah and and like you said facebook especially well any social media is not a good place to go if you're not mentally stable no it's not because it will tear you down and you know knowing that i'm somebody that tears somebody else down i'm like (laughs) i don't know how she knows how much of an impact that that conversation had because it was just like man all right i kind of got to stay away from doing that and maybe look at the positivity of something you want to give a shout out to that person I don't remember her name or I would. Oh, well, shout out to the person that changed <laughs> Chance's life on social media. <laughs> yeah. uh, it makes me it makes me question, you know, what I'm going to what I'm going to post from now on and, and, and things that I'm going to say um, and maybe not look so much at the negativity um, and also stay off Facebook as much. But yeah, I mean, I've because you, I mean, obviously, whatever you post wh- or whatever you were commenting on had a profound impact on other people. Right. And that's. Yeah, you know. and, and, and you never really notice people that watch you on Facebook until somebody says something to you. Uh, my wife brings it up all the time where we'll like go on vacations and people will be like, oh, that looked like a really nice trip. And she's like, oh, I didn't know that person even looked at my Facebook or whatever you know, the situation may be. So you never really know who you reach on Facebook, how far reaching it can be yeah. um, and, and the impact that you might have on somebody else. So I think from now on, my Facebook is going to, positive commenting and things like of that nature and you know, I really want to focus on that I've always wanted to be like that it's just you it's know kind I of a, do a it's kind of a mindset yeah, yeah you, you gotta get, push yourself to do that you just gotta change your mindset yeah. yeah I don't want to be that negative like you said you know always negative about myself I'm trying to work on that as well you know yeah um I'm trying to do more things for me that make me feel more confident about myself working like, out I'm telling you man working out all this stuff going on here and um yeah, nobody really likes it, but I like it. So imagine, like imagine it. if you're jacked. <laughs> you're jacked, and you had those piercings. Yep. It'd be scary, yeah, scary well, chance. <laughs> I mean, I'm scary now. Toothless piercings, and you know, <laughs> kind of a big guy, you know. But you know, I don't know. I I've had fun with it, and it's it's trying to be more myself and push myself to be who I want to be. Right. Um, and people might not like it, but whatever. That's your choice. Well, I mean, it's all about you and what you want. Right. Again, screw other people. Exactly. You don't have to. You don't have to not get a face piercing because somebody doesn't want you to. Right. You know. Yep, I agree. You know, it's something I've always wanted to do since I was 16, 17 years old, and I saw this guy walk down the road with, you know, kind of the same piercings. I'm like, oh, that guy looks cool. I want to do that someday. <laughs> and it's just, you know, my wife said, are you a little too old for that? Like, you got kids. You know, mm-hmm. at least yeah. I'll teach them to express yourself. You know, be who you want to be. You know. Um, I have tattoos and piercings and everything, so you know they want that when they're 18, 19 years old. They can go express themselves that way, um, and I, I feel like that's important too to express who you are. Um, you know, it's 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 fine. People are not gonna like it. People are gonna like it. Yeah. yeah. If you like it, if you like what you look like, if you if you like what you see in the mirror when you wake up in the morning, and you're gonna walk out the door. What's everybody else's opinion? Right. What exactly. does that matter? Exactly. It's, it's about what you think of when you look in the mirror. Yep. And that's the way I go about, or try to go about my life. Sometimes it's not that easy. Sometimes I walk out and don't even look in the mirror. I'm like, oh, whatever. People are just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> most of the time, most of the time I look in the mirror and be like, all right, 
I'm all right with what I look like today. Forget everybody else. I look sexy today. (laughs) I think I look sexy today. Forget what everybody else thinks. (laughs) I might look like a homeless guy that just walked out of a box to somebody, but, you know, (laughs) oh, well, they move on with their day. But, yeah, I I think that's important. The the two things I think are important are be, be proud of who you are and then don't be afraid to tell somebody if you're struggling. And then you'll feel better for the most part. I mean... Somebody might say something mean to you and you want to knock them out, but <laughs> forget those people. That's apparently the wrong person to tell. Or just knock them out. Or just knock them out. That'll feel better. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure you do it in a situation where you know you don't end up behind bars for four days. Right. Exactly. Whatever. Yeah, you don't want yeah, that. You don't want to do that. Just be careful with it. Um, yeah, you've always kind of been uh, good about, well, I wouldn't say, uh, sorry, I, I want to change what I was about to say. <laughs> you, people have, people always perceive you differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't, necessarily look at you like like you're this thought out like because you you make jokes about everything like at work you just kind of like you don't care like you just have this i don't care attitude not necessarily a bad not a bad thing at all but like as far as like the things that happen during the day like yeah you don't really care line shuts down you don't care um (laughs) just just whatever somebody talks crap you don't care i don't and uh so people kind of you know they look at you in a different light, right. but you actually have a lot of good perspectives and um, a lot of good thoughts about mental illness. Thank you. And uh, I'm definitely really glad that you were able to go get help um, and find help that was actually successful right. and beneficial for you. Um, because again, like you said, you were in a really bad spot. You were mm-hmm. suicidal. Um, and uh, you know, that's, that's not a good spot to be in. No not a fun place to be and it is the one place where you if you end up in that spot that is the most dangerous place to be you really have to have somebody that's going to reach out and and pull you out of that spot i i can't imagine people that have gone through with that where you where you are in that spot where you are mentally it's it's such a scary spot and to be there and still be alive and and kicking and and taking people off i mean (laughs) that's a good start but I, i just i I want so badly for people to hear that you can, there's help and there are better days ahead. Your life's not always going to suck, and especially if you put in the work and you do what you're supposed to do. Life isn't always going to suck. It isn't always going to be dark clouds and, and thunder and lightning. And it's, it, there's some there's sunshine somewhere. You just got to be somewhere. able to find it, and, and that's the hard part. I'm still working on it. You know, I'm I'm still young. I'm still you know not quite there yet, but. <laughs> You know, there's sunshine somewhere, you know, and you just got to yeah. keep pushing and keep finding it. And, you know, sometimes I'll fall back down and, you know, there'll be a rainstorm or whatever someday, but yeah, you just got to push through it. But then you'll have the friends that you've acquired there to help pick you up. You have your family, your kids, you yeah. know, your wife. And, you know, by you, again, like I said earlier, by you searching for help and it'll make the people that are closest to you realize that, you know, you are acknowledging that there's a problem and that you need to fix it right and it'll be it'll help them to be more apt to want to be there to help pick you up when you do fall right yeah and that's then and you know like having this conversation here has opened my eyes to a few other things i might need to work on and that's that's part of the reason i came is to have your perspective and then have this conversation was it's eye-opening and a part of the recovery process too you know to be able to see what other people see especially people i work with i mean that's kind of important you see these people Mm-hmm. 50 some hours a week you know more than your own family but you don't know their story you don't know their story we don't, don't talk about what, it yeah, nobody exactly. talks about this right. stuff at yeah. work yeah it's it's more of like just short short 
yeah. like, hey, how are you doing? What are you doing this weekend type yeah. thing? It's not about, hey, like, tell me about yourself. Yeah. Let's have a conversation. Yeah, exactly. And it's like the line goes down, you just shoot the shit for a minute and back to what you were doing. You know, it's very, yeah. GM can be a very lonely job. It can it be. It can be very, um, it can be bad for your mental health. You know, because you're stuck listening to your radio all day. Mm-hmm. And what you decide to put in your ears and in your head can affect how you go the rest of the day. And I know this for a fact because <laughs> I would listen to murder shows and be like oh, really geez. upset the rest of the day. And be like, <laughs> all right, that's probably shouldn't do that anymore. But like I've listened to your show. Like I told you that day I was listening to your show on the plane. And it's just like motivation to keep pushing. And I don't remember which episode it was, but it was just very motivating and very, um, you know, pushed me to want to, to be better um, and not have to put my wife and my kids through the stuff that they went through. Um, and, and so far, so good. I mean, it's a little bit stressful for my wife because I'm sh- trying to find myself and trying to push myself to be a little bit better. But mm-hmm. um, And she doesn't quite get it, like what I'm doing. She's very frustrated with that. But for me, it's working. So It's a process yeah. that has to work for you. Right, right. And she'll get it eventually once things kind of simmer down and, and I find what I'm supposed to do. Um, but yeah, it was, it's been a journey, it's been a fun journey. Well, dude, you, your story is exactly, your story is no different than anybody else I've had on the podcast. You're, it's a story of success. It's and it's a success in progress. Right. Even, I mean, you may fall in the future, but that doesn't mean you're a failure. You just right. get back up and you keep going. Yep, exactly. And, uh, it's tremendous, man. I'm again, I'm really proud that you were able to find help and you. and that, that you're on the path to recovery mentally. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Well, thanks for coming. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for it's having me. It's been an honor appreciate having it. you on. I guess with that, we'll end it. See you folks. Yeah.